Need a quick hit of Marketing Smarts inspiration? Here it is. We have lifted portions of our Marketing Smarts episodes for those of you who need a quick jolt of marketing savviness right now. Refer to the description for how to find a longer form version. And with that, here it is. We had to pay our dues and so must you. Oh, I know. There's going to be a lot of PTSD through this one, man. All right, here we go. All right. Now, there are rites of passages for every role and job. We totally acknowledge that. But women seem to over-index in this department because we feel that the experience somehow toughens us up. Mm -hmm. I mean, we do this. (laughs) Moms do this to us. We do this to our kids. I mean, it really starts even in middle school, elementary school even, and then progresses into high school with this what we call like the mean girl or the cliques and stuff like that, which even in our day and age, we're seeing our girls go through it. We're like, seriously, like. 20, 30 years later, you know, when the world has changed with regards to our acceptance of other people, we're still going through it. It just seems like mind blowing to me. But then what happens is that we carry that into our careers. We sure do. Right. And many are still of us women are still trailblazing through our fields of choice. But instead of like clearing the path, uh, a lot of us and I mean, we'll raise our hands and say it's, you know, we were at fault in some of this, too. We'll clear the path and hold the brush back and all just long enough, though, for us to get through. And then we kind of let it overgrow again <laughs> and others have to kind of find their way back through it. And so there's a question within that, an inherent question within that, which is like, why is there this tendency that, you know, we we as women trailblaze, we clear these paths, but then we don't like really clear them out, pave them, create a map for them. So here's some reasons that me and April think this is the case based on our experience. And really, um, the thing through this is that they're very much rooted in pride and ego. So again, this is not judgment, but this is just a personal reflection of like, hmm, are these kind of like hitting me in a like a weird way? And if you say, I don't do that, if you're very quick to say, I don't do that, might be in one that you might want to look at. So one is we don't want people to think it was easy. Right. And that's just the women trailblazing mentality is that if we have to work and we have to toil and we, you know, do all this stuff in order to get there, we don't want to think it's really easy to do that. So that's kind of the pride and ego piece talking. We don't want others to fast follow, maybe overcome us or do it better than us. Again, it kind of goes to the fact that we don't want it to be that easy. We want it to, to, to showcase that it was something that took a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of savviness in order to, to make happen. And not just anybody can do that, right? We enjoy being the one and only. This is what society is kind of setting up, that it's very special. It's, it's a moment of pride. It's a, something that you can take away of this extreme value of what you contribute to the world to be the first, to be the only. So that's what kind of society is teaching us. Some of us are afraid that we're going to appear as or being called feminist, right? That we only cultivate females and we don't even think about the bigger scope of what the talent pool is. And for some of us, we enjoy our position of power. I mean, we like sitting up there. We like feeling we're at the top of the pyramid, especially when it comes to, to females. So, again, this is not judgment. It's just to kind of just get something kind of going in your head saying, hmm, Have I done that? Is that something that kind of triggers me as bad as it makes me feel? Is that something that triggers me? And we just need to remember that even when we do trailblaze, the females who follow will actually need to trailblaze too. I mean, we've been doing this for hundreds and hundreds of years. It's not stopping with us. They're going to have to pay their dues. It's just going to look different. 
They're going to need to add to the path. They're not going to have to take care of the path. They're going to have to make the path longer and wider. So by not doing what we can do to make it easier for them to follow, we're really limiting our own future success because there is a lot to maintain and it's way too much for a person of one. Yeah, this one really honestly makes me a little sad. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I felt that way when I first read it, when you first wrote it. Um, And I kind of got stuck a little bit in that like mean girl as you're growing up. And I mean, just last week I was having a conversation with someone and they're like, oh, little girls are so mean. Right. And I've been, you know, so that that's kind of been in my head. But I'm like, I do feel like the world continues to change so much. And there, while so many things have happened for women on the positive side, women getting in the way of other women is just something that like doesn't sit well. And I'm not saying that as a judgment thing. I'm generally saying it as like a personal sadness that I feel when I see that happening. Um, And also, I think there's just so much on the other side benefit when you see the opposite of this happen, Mm -hmm. right? Like I'll use our mastermind group as an example, right? And we don't all work together and, you know, we're all in different positions and all of that. So it's not apples to apples exactly. But I always leave those sessions uh, like feeling like I'm lighter. I've gotten the comments from others that they feel lighter. You know, we're talking about some tough things. We're being vulnerable with each other, but nobody's judging where people have made mistakes. And I'm like, oh, it could just be so much better. So, yeah, I I totally agree. And I I totally agree that there's still this mentality of having to toughen us up. Yes. You know, and there is some element of that. And there's definitely reality that, that comes in and sits right like squarely within that. But this idea of like having the limit, mm-hmm. it, it's, it feels, yeah, to you, it makes me sad. And it just feels to- totally counterintuitive to what we are trying to encourage our own daughters or mm-hmm. our own nieces or, you know, our own like people that we, you know, we mentor, you know, all those sorts of things. It just feels so contrary to that. So mm-hmm. this is all about kind of getting in alignment, right? Yeah. 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 Well, and I mean, I even, like you said, we do it to our daughters, right? You know, with, before Mia was even born, I bought her this thing for her wall that said she believed she could, so she did. Yeah. And that's the right right thing, right? Like, that's yeah. the tone that I want to promote with her. But that is a toughening up sentiment, to your point. Yeah. It's like, it starts from there. Totally right on. All right. The second big mistake women leaders make in managing other women is thinking we are more special than other females. <laughs> April. (laughs) All right. Um, Okay. So we had the previous point here where we talked about, you know, enjoying the position of power and wanting to sit Mm -hmm. there. And and like Anne said in the setup, you know, the first or the only or, you know, all those types of terms that are used that society doesn't help with this situation. Um, And the first thing I want to say here is, look, we never want to diminish anybody's success, right? Or right. sense of self-worth or anything. And if you have achieved anything in life, you should always be proud of your achievements. But what we do see, and we see this through our personal experience, but then we also see this through coaching, quite frankly, is that smart women can sometimes have a hard time acknowledging other smart women mm-hmm. or that they are as smart or more smart than them. Mm-hmm. And again, it's back to that first thing, right? First woman CEO, first woman vice president, first woman to do this or that. It feels like there's only space for one. And so, of course, when we have these 
singular points of reference and on one side we're celebrating them, they are limiting us on the other side. And really, it's not the reality. So in any one company, right, there's likely many females who are smart and talented, can rise to executive level jobs um, and can be like nominated or put forth for that early in their careers. But the people that actually make it to the top, there's a lot of other things that go on at the same time that have nothing to do with whether or not I'm more capable than someone else, right? Mm -hmm. So we have things, and and this was actually a male example, but I remember a client where um, there was someone else who should have been nominated as CEO, and it was just that he was too close to the end of his career, and he hit Mm -hmm. this like weird middle spot. Right. And so from a timing perspective, it didn't make sense, even though he was totally qualified to do the job. Right. Or, you know, sometimes there's you know, you make a pivot in your career path. It's not to say you couldn't have headed straight up that ladder, but you decide to go in a different route. And then, you know, that's not the same opportunity. Um, There's all kinds of things at play here. And so we're talking about this being a starting point, right, about overcoming. There's a lot of things we need to say together that we're going to go and do. And unfortunately, on the other side of that, we have to know that there are going to be situations where we might promote something and not end up as the person in the position of power. And I think we just all have to be okay with there being room for everyone at the table and that the room at the table can mean all kinds of different things two different women. I mean, one of the things that I will stick in my head forever is after having a lot of the bad situations of, you know, being pushed down or you're not ready for that or you don't you shouldn't be speaking to that or all of these types Mm -hmm. of things. I had a boss at my last agency who hired me, who I still to this day am very close to. And she would openly tell people I hired April because I knew that one day she could take my job from me. Mm-hmm. And it was like such an uplifting, liberating. liberating feeling to have someone say that and acknowledge that so openly and have the inner confidence in herself and her abilities as well as mine to be able to make that statement knowing that there's a lot of people that wouldn't do that. I'll stop there. <laughs> you yeah, know, that's a really good example because I th- going back to what you're saying about I mean, on one side, the way the society is really advocating for it is – great to see the recognition for these women who've worked really hard, but it's also somewhat like a backhanded compliment. Oh, totally. Like, because it's like, totally. oh, so now women are finally smart enough to be CEO. I'm like, uh-huh. that's kind of what it feels like to some extent. And maybe that's my like little twist on it. But that's kind of how I feel when I see this. It's like, there's not just that woman happened to be yeah. like the only one and we were just waiting yeah. for her to come up. It's like, no, there's processes that are like they're still not conducive to helping women rise. Mm-hmm. I mean, simple things like mat leaves when you're out of circulation yeah. for three months to a year in order to raise your kids. I mean, there's lots of things that kind of go into how this works. Right. And the one thing, though, that we can control as women is making sure we're not making it harder for other women to rise up. Mm-hmm. And that's about, like you said, like, you know, providing that opportunity. So it's not necessarily about making it a pyramid of intellect and knowledge. It's about saying, oh, you know what? People help me. Like, I needed this opportunity. I needed this support. I needed these advocates. I am going to, in pay kind, reciprocate yep. and pay that back. 
and yes, to everybody, but specifically, we're going to talk about women here. And I think, you know, the thing, the funny thing is, is that men do this very well, mm-hmm. right? We call them boys clubs. Like we, we as women are like mm-hmm. struggling with the fact that uh, another boys, another club. boys club, they're going to go play golf. They're going to go out to, you know, <laughs> go watch sports and March Madness at the bar and, you know, this and that and the other and trying to get in the boys club. It's like, there's no reason why we can't have girls clubs. Yeah. Right. We should have girls clubs, but we don't do it in that way. We don't try to find those ways of being able to come together and really authentic experiences mm-hmm. that forms the same level of camaraderie as that these boys clubs have done. But we should take that as like, hey, that's a model mm-hmm. that we could replicate, but we're doing it so poorly. Yeah, totally. So the third mistake women leaders make in managing other women is we see our female direct reports as competition. <laughs> oh. I, I kind of already said this, but yeah, okay. I feel yeah. like I'm going to groan at every one of these. I know. Go I ahead, feel like, I feel like, but I feel like this is such an important topic, and I feel it's like somewhat therapeutic. Um, so I felt this many times in my years at PNG with my female bosses, and honestly, I still like really to this day struggle with that dynamic, and I never actually, to be totally honest, could fully manage it. It was just something that was just so absurd to me, but it was definitely a feeling that they were afraid that I was going to take over their job. Or do it better than what they were doing to kind of the extent that we were talking about before about actually having to go through the the, the, the steps and the process and blazing trails and because they had to go do it, right? Or they think they know the way to do it and so they want you to do it exactly like they did. That can happen too, yep. for sure. But there seemed to be like this, like, again, this fear or this insecurity or this trepidation, which I didn't see with their male direct reports. It just was not there. It felt like they were cultivating them to take a job, but they felt like if they cultivated me, I would be taking their specific job. And as I reflect back on it, I really think, again, the scarcity mindset did create an insecurity. And then that's another consequence of how society is really trying to celebrate women, but kind of doing it in, I think, a way that feels a little backhanded. Now, it didn't also help that I was like a super achiever, a super overachiever, a big thinker. I was always trying to push the limits of the system to create new and innovative insights. That was my thing. That was always trying to push. It just made my field, my bosses uncomfortable. Like they didn't know exactly what to do with me, especially if I started getting traction from my ideas. That even made it worse. So I did feel like, as you were saying, April, I kind of felt like sometimes being I was being checked. I was told to play smaller. I was told to manage my expectations. But I distinctly felt, and I still do today, that it was some way of leveling. And I'll give you an example. And this was like early on in my career where my boss went on maternity leave. And so this is like a kind of a double entendre here. So she went on maternity leave. She was gone for like six months. I was one of the like the pseudo people to kind of back her up. So there was a couple of us that, that um, and another female actually, that we took over her responsibilities. In the process, I saw an opportunity to like streamline some of the work we were doing and kind of think about the work differently. Again, like I was always trying to push the limits. I tried to enroll my other female counterpart who was um, – she was like working alongside with me in order to to take this over. When my boss got back, my female counterpart threw me under the bus, said, oh, when you were gone, Anne took this over and she changed this and she changed that. Now, didn't mind it. It was working and it was working actually very, very well. And I did collaborate with them. I did bring them along. So this was like a total like rug pull for me. And my boss was just like, we're not doing that anymore. And I'm like, what do you mean we're not doing it anymore? It's working. She goes, well, you did that when I was gone and I don't want to hear about it anymore. Oof. And I was like, wait a second. 
So, of course, she's feeling insecure to being gone that something happened, I think. This is my interpretation. That something happened while she was gone that showed that maybe she's not as necessary to the work as that she wanted to feel. And then this other person who felt like I was shining a little bit more than she was aligned with my boss to basically throw me underneath the bus. So these things just there's just no reason for them. I don't even understand why that dynamic should have even been the case because my boss should have been like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. I can't believe I was gone and you took over and you made all of these strides. And this makes me feel so proud of the fact that, you know, I've developed this group and, you know, and, and they can operate like this without me. I mean, that's what I was hoping for. And and I think that's what, what I want to really um, pass along to a lot of these you know, leaders who are having these strong females that are really trying to rise up is give them the permission to do that. Kind of like your boss did, April. It's like, I expect you to take over my job. That's why I hired you. You should want that because someday you're supposed to be going up or mm-hmm. going someplace else as well. So ask them, hey, how can I help you? What can I do to support you? And then actually do that, mm-hmm. like actually help and support in a very productive way. And instead, change your legacy. And then this is the mindsets that I think we need to see shift despite what society is doing and saying instead of like I was the first or I was one of the only women to fill in the blank, it should be I enabled other women to mm-hmm. fill in the blank. So that's just a little bit of my personal experience coming to bear that I wish would be different now. Yeah, and I have a couple couple things to say just on various points that you made there. I mean, the first thing is, and you know, you, you mentioned maternity leave before and then in this example, and I think that there needs to be a lot more um, grace and help, I mm-hmm. think, with with that. Because there is so much, I mean, emotion that physically happens when you have children, so many hormones and all those things. And then it is very jarring if you're a professional woman to leave the workforce for however long, three months, right. a year, whatever. And then just when you're kind of like almost, I don't want to say used to it, then you get shoved back into the work, right? And I just think that like there's no transition, there's no assistance, there's no like exactly what happened to you. And I'm not excusing that situation because that's bad behavior all around. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying like, that's another thing that I think societally, we just don't get right. Mm -hmm. And we've never really taken it on to figure out what to do about it to make it better and easier. So that you don't have to worry about your job in addition to everything else that you're worrying about. So that's the first thing that I will say. The second thing that I will say is that I don't understand why, and we've talked about this a lot across varying topics here, but I don't understand why it's a negative if they're on your team and they're excelling. That should be a positive reflection of you and who you are as the leader. And so I think if we could all just take that perspective more, um, I... I just, well, we would all be so much better off. But I mean, I think that that's the way you want to look at it. Because as you rise through the ranks, like you said before, and you can't do everything as a person of one. But also the way that you get better is by building a team beneath you that does more and more and more and more so that you can continue to rise. And a different boss that I had, and as as you're talking, I'm like, man, I had some really bad ones for sure. But I had some really good ones too. So I'll bring some positive light to this episode. But I had this boss that... Um, we couldn't have been more different. 
Mm-hmm. And I was quite a bit younger than her. And our my work style is similar to Anne's. So it's like hard charger, you know, get the work done, power through, all of that. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's not how this other woman was. She was she wanted to have all the information and really dig and, you know, is happy going down holes and coming back out and one of the most brilliant minds that I've worked with for sure. Um, but our approach to the work was different what we valued was different, how we wanted to show up was different. I mean, it just couldn't have been more different, right? And so instead of trying to mold me to be like her, which would have killed my spirit, she identified very early on and very quickly what I was great at and how to cultivate that and what I needed to learn and how to get me to listen and learn it. Mm -hmm. And it was on the heels of, quite honestly, a really bad boss. And she watched that whole situation go down. And so when I got to be on her team, I mean, it was tricky because we were friends, She'd been an outlet for me in the situation. And now we were going to, you know, boss report. And like I said, there was a real disparity. She's at the director and I'm really on in my career. Right. And she was one that gave me the name of hard charger. That's what she always called me. You're the hard charger. The one, you know, and I, I assign you something and you're going to go do it. But on the other side of that, she was like, I also know if I assign you something that you're not ready for yet, you're still going to go do it. And then you're going to be mad at yourself if you don't do it the way you think it should have been done because you're not ready for it. Right. Yeah. So like, that's what I'm talking about here. And, I, you know, the points about identify what they're good at help cultivate it push for it curate assist support all of those types of things i think this one is just such a good point and that if we could stop being competitive which is a lot of times the problem the ego and all of that kind of stuff i just think that so many of the strong female leaders would be so much stronger still need help in growing your marketing smarts contact us through our website forthright-people.com We can help you become a savvier marketer through coaching or training you and your team or doing the work on your behalf. Please also help us grow the podcast by rating and reviewing on your player of choice and sharing with at least one person. Now, go show off your marketing smarts.